Welcome back to Don't Be Strangers, a podcast and community against adult loneliness. Our mission is to create deeper conversations by providing resources, events, and community for the curious student of life. I'm your host, Shinyi, and I typically meet my co-host for the very first time while recording. If this sounds fun to you, please consider applying to co-host a future episode. Today, I'm speaking with Amanda, the founder of Dallas Girl Gang, who I met because I applied to speak at her Boss Vision Conference here in Dallas at the end of October. So earlier this year, I had placed some next steps and goals in life, and one of them was to try public speaking. I'd been following Dallas Girl Gang for years, and out of nowhere, shortly after I put out my desire into the universe, Dallas Girl Gang started taking applications for speakers for this conference. I applied thinking absolutely nothing of it. I have no qualifications nor experience for this besides hosting events in Dallas, which I didn't really think counted, but I thought, what the heck, let's just practice applying for things. Fun fact, many years ago, I applied to be on a few podcasts, and I was able to get onto a few shows without any qualifications either. It's kind of what piqued my interest in starting my own podcast. Anyways, Amanda and I have been communicating through email since I applied, and then out of nowhere, she suggests to come onto my podcast. Now let me say, I've been trying to work to get to this point where I don't have to seek guests for my podcast anymore, so having her ask me is just such a satisfying feeling. Then, the Friday before this recording, I randomly ran into her at a women's networking event that my other friend, Volta, of Color Snack, had invited me to. And that was the first time I ever saw Amanda in real life, and she came over to give me a warm big hug. So that's a little background for our chat, as this recording is the official first time we have ever hung out together in person. I hope this conversation brings you a huge smile to your face as Amanda and I cackle, at least that's how I describe my laugh, through topics such as... What we think is missing from social media right now, how Amanda made friends moving back to Dallas after college and the inspiration behind Dallas Girl Gang, stories from our past on social anxieties and challenges of friendships in adulthood, marriage and raising a child as a boss of two businesses, and the real real behind work-life balance. With that, please meet Amanda. My name is Amanda Smith. I am the CEO and founder of Dallas Girl Gang. Uh, I'm a new mom. Love that for me. Um, I am an ex-teacher. I was a teacher for seven years in Arkansas and Texas. Um, yeah, that's that's like my go-to pitch intro. Yeah, wait, I didn't know that you teach. Like, what did you teach? I taught music. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. So my primary like thing, my trade, if you will, or like what I went to school for, like my degree is in music education and vocal music and all that stuff. So I taught music for seven years. A lot of people don't know that about me <laughs> because that's not what I do public facing anymore. Right. Um, I'm my husband's teacher. <laughs> Wait, what does he teach? Um, eighth grade science. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, are you sure you want to do that? My first question for you, Shani, is what do you think is missing from social media right now? Like, whatever that means to you. Let me say that I understand that the that under all of the apps that we use, there is a corporation that is trying to make <laughs> money. So I don't know how effective this would be, but I think the thing that we are missing is. Um, better curation of information because yeah. we're just like so freaking overloaded with information all the time and yeah. I know that the apps are doing it intentionally to keep us stuck in the app right so that and spending money in the app and yeah. exactly so that's what's missing I don't know how to solve this because 
I, yeah. I feel like it would just be anti-capitalistic to like, you know, combat yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. The other thing that I feel like we're really struggling with is what I care about a lot through Don't Be Strangers and like fighting adult loneliness is I feel like there is a lot of loneliness yeah. in social media. <laughs> and fortunately for me, I feel like I have been able to take advantage of social media to make friends. Like yeah. a lot of my Same. friends are like initially online friends. And then <laughs> when you meet them for the first time, it feels like you've known them. Well, before. like yeah. us today, yeah, like, exactly. we just started talking and I was like, oh, she's easy to talk to. Right. Like, no problem. <laughs> right. Especially if you, if like the person that you're connecting with presents themselves exactly as like they actually yeah, are. Yeah. Which right. I hope I met your expectations. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like that's really the other thing that's missing is like the actual community, like actual connection. And I don't know what it is. I think it's probably because everyone's just so overwhelmed with the information that's being blasted at them that yeah. they don't have the energy to output. And when I say output, I mean like respond to people on yeah. social media, you know? Engage like, with other people. Right. Ooh, we can talk right. a lot about a lot of stuff there. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Well, to the, to that point, I feel like from what what I see in our community since I started Del Scrolling is especially if you're introverted, it is difficult to make friends because it's not like that's something you're taught in school. Like it's kind of a a nurture thing whoever raised you. Right. Of, you know, being kind to everybody you know here's what a good friend looks like here's how you make friends here's how you make friends even if you're scared and I think when we get overwhelmed or if you are more introverted like you don't realize that like you have to do work too yeah. and you can't just sit by and be like oh I'm lonely something happened for me like right. God, the universe, like send me something. Like right. you have to go do something, right? And yeah. so, I don't know. That's just a lot of what I've thought about lately, and like what we try to accomplish is like, look, I know it's scary, and I know it's really weird, and you're an adult, and it's like we're making friends. What? It's so so weird, so hard. It's like dating, but for yeah. friends, and we talk about all the same kind of stuff that you guys do, and it's like if you'll do fifty percent of that, we will get you into the end zone we will push you the rest of the way because yeah. we will create the environment for you the welcoming safe environment and the yeah. experience and, and ways for you to like connect with people um yeah i think about that a lot so do you identify as an introvert or extrovert i definitely like majority introvert i mean extroverted extroverted growing up i was not okay i was very shy i was a very shy kid okay um but then, of course, I got into music and singing and playing guitar and piano, and I was like, I have to perform in front of people. <laughs> I can't be, like, too scared to go do this. And so I had a moment one day, I don't know, I was, like, in high school, I guess, or middle school, and I was like, if I really love doing this this much, yeah. I'm going to have to get over it somehow. Right. And, and so then the love of that, like, overcame my fear, I guess, which is really interesting. Um, I think I was also really introverted to people who weren't in my immediate circle or who weren't like me. Yeah. Uh, I grew up 
in a Christian home, in a pretty conservative home. I still, I am a Christian. That's me. Uh, but I felt like I was really, how do I say this? I felt like, oh, well, those are the people I'm supposed to hang out with. Like, those are the people that I'm supposed to be friends with and spend time with. And so I didn't know how to handle, like, other people who weren't didn't go to church with me outside of school or whatever. Right. So it was really introverted, like, at school and stuff. Um, and then college just, like, threw all that out the window, and I was like, actually, never mind. Like, forget it. Whatever. Um, Wait, so do you think that, like, you were actually extroverted that entire time? Yeah, totally. Because I, I go, especially now that I have a kid, um, it's fun to, like, see his mannerisms. And my mom is like, oh, my gosh, you were like that when you were little. And I'm like, I was. <laughs> and, you know, just, like, just being, like, a happy baby or a happy toddler and, like, always being friendly with everybody. Aww. And, you know, I would, like... If I, if I, if my mom would have let it happen, like, I would have, like, let a stranger pick me up and be, like, be, you know, holy. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I was definitely, like, outgoing and extroverted, like, from the get-go, but yeah. in other situations, I wasn't. Right. Yeah. In, like, the school situation. Yeah, or just, like, new experiences. I remember <laughs> there was this Dallas Mavericks basketball camp. Like, our family's, like, a big basketball family, and I played basketball as a kid, and so I went to this camp one summer. I was like 10 years old. And I, w- I went by myself. I didn't have friends that I was going with that I knew. But I was like, I want to do this camp school. We love the Mavericks. And I cried on the way there. I was so nervous. I, I didn't know how to, like, make friends. I didn't know how to be just, like, chill with strangers at a random camp, right? right. And I finally, like loosened up a little bit and like had fun the last couple days but like man it was brutal like I remember that feeling really right I mean like what did I get myself into yeah Yeah. so what about you introverted extroverted okay so definitely introverted most of my life and then I feel like I became more ambiverted Mm. as I got older so Mm -hmm. still not an extrovert and I know this because the networking event that we were both at at her Texas (laughs) on on Friday yeah I was like I'm so fish out of water like I like I felt all the introversion just like surface and like I think what helped was so I was there for because Volta of Color Snack yes invited me and she was like oh I love this organization you should come Mm -hmm. so I literally went just for her I was like I want to see Volta that's typically how like a networking thing happens right right it's like Oh, my friends said I should go to this, and I trust them. <laughs> right, right, right. So I remember I went there, and I was like, I remember that morning, I thought, is this a formal event, or is this, like, a casual event? And I was like, eh. And so I just, like, threw in some jeans and, like, a Don't Be Strangers t-shirt. And then I remember when I got there, I was like, wait, everyone's, like, really dressed up. And I was like, oh. <laughs> wait, I don't even remember what you were wearing. So that goes just, to show how much people don't give a shit. Okay. Like, no one's paying attention. Perfect. <laughs> but so that was, like, one. I was like, oh, I'm not, like, dressed for this occasion properly. Um, and then two... I remember I saw a girl who I'd met earlier that week mm. from a Don't Be Strangers event. Like, so I was just like, nice. just, like randomly, I like recognized her face and I was like, oh my God, wait, like, Hi. what are you doing? Like, I didn't know you were, mm-hmm. you were coming. And then she was like, yeah, are you here to, like to represent Don't Be Strangers? And then I had like this like really weird, like taken aback where I was like, I'm supposed to be here to represent something. Because I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm here just to meet Volta. Like, yeah, I just want to see my friend. <laughs> Legit. And I was like, wait, okay. Like, 
was like, yes, I can represent. Don't be a stranger. So you should just like, mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh my but, gosh. Yeah, I was yeah. like, man, networking. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not no. Well, and I think I think that also shows like how much people really value like what we present online because mm-hmm. people see like in a good way people yeah. see your brand yeah and they're like oh like damn that's amazing and mm-hmm. it's it's a brand it's a yeah. company like it's you know a real thing that other people can engage in yeah. and not everybody has that you know what right. i mean so her question actually isn't out of place oh uh, yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah. but to that's your point amazing. i would have been like oh i don't know i'm just here to hang out. <laughs> right. like, was I supposed to be? Yeah. <laughs> like, <whoops. laughs> no, I really but, yeah. appreciate that like perspective shift. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I get so many times people ask me, "Is this your full time job?" And I'm like, "No, I literally just do this on the side." Yeah. Like, Wait, what is your full time job? I'm a software engineer. <laughs> like, uh, like nine to five. Uh, and then there was like a time when I was like, "I gotta get out of this. I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. There's something greater mm. out there for me." But then I started yeah, to like. Always a good gig. I know. And then I started to like, kind of explore it and then I realized that like my productivity addiction would have like killed me if I shifted into entrepreneurship like full time. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like, no, crazy. no, you're good. Um, because I was thinking about it. I was like, so I never, I never left the nine to five, like mm. starting a career. And I started doing like, I experimented with like different entrepreneurial like outlets, you know, just cause I'm like, oh, eventually like maybe this could mm. take off. Um, but all that time I was like, let's not jump the gun and just go full into it because with my personality I will go from like a 40 hour job to like a 100 hour like work week for myself you know because then it would be like my life right yeah Um, and so I was like before you make that transition you need to reel back and really work on your work-life balance was what I told myself yeah Yeah, so so you're you have the kind of personality that you would just throw yourself into it yes. and you would basically never stop working. Yeah, okay. I think so. But I th- in yeah. the last couple of years, I've gotten a lot better. Like I did yeah. hypnotherapy to try yeah. to like find, to find a way to like unaddictify myself, to recover from like my productivity addiction. Um, and like, yeah. yeah, and I think it's like an achievement thing. It's a, yeah. uh, what's the word? Like, a, I don't know. I think people that have the personality types like you and myself of like having an entrepreneurial spirit yes like the achievement and success side of things is really addictive mm-hmm. and i was just talking about this today on instagram i think oh there's so many things that i, I think about this but um it's like if i can achieve xyz then I will feel successful mm-hmm. if I can do all of this stuff. Yeah, I will feel successful. And like that's not that's not how it works. That's not how it works. It's not what it always looks like. And that's one big thing that we're actually talking about and addressing at Last Vision Conference is mm-hmm. like you really can define what success means for you, even though it's becoming like a common phrase yeah. <laughs> in these parts. Um, it doesn't have to look like making more money or having bigger impact or like getting that feature or yeah. doing the most or collaborating with all these cool people or blah 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 or I have this or I have that. Right. Like we're launching an app or we're like 
Yeah. No, it doesn't have to look like that. Like, if you are surviving, that's, like, successful. Right. If, you yeah. know, oh, my gosh, I just... Yeah. I have a lot yeah. of thoughts on this, too, on, yes. like, the idea yeah. of, like, success and happiness. Mm. Um, because... Like, funnily enough, the reason why I am such a rebel as I am was because, like, my entire life goal, like, I think life goal was to graduate college. And, like, that was not my goal. That was my parents' goal. That was society's goal. Mm -hmm. So I did, I arranged my entire life around studying. Like, literally was just, like, I just study and, like, no fun because, like, that Mm. would detract me from studying. Um, Mm. And I remember one time, like, one of my good friends in college, made a comment where she was like oh there's like a concert around finals and she was like how can I arrange my schedule so I could like you know go to this concert and I remember like being so shocked by this comment being like and I thought that's so silly why would you I'm like what an idiot like why would you <laughs> risk your fi- like that's what on finals you know so but anyways that's just to like show you like my priority my and- yeah my priorities and so I graduated where'd you um, go to school I went to UT Dallas okay so yeah, just in the area. And I graduated and then I thought like, that's it. Like literally I've achieved my life goal and like, that's, that's it. A, At the ripe age of like 21, I don't need to do anything else in life. That's kind of a big problem. Yeah, yeah. So then, so then like right after that I was like, screw all this like I need to figure out like what I actually want and I think that's why like immediately coming out of college I did not fall into the climb corporate ladder because I was like I already like you know that's what people say right like climb the corporate ladder like you know get married blah 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 and I was like well, I already tried this once with the school thing, you know. I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I got it, and I was like, well, that's it. Like, literally, I guess I can just end my life now, which is pretty dramatic. But I was no. like, there's like nothing else. Yeah. There's literally nothing else for me now. Like, yeah. I've done the thing, right? So that yeah. I think coming out of that, I'm like, you really need to think for yourself. What are your values? Mm-hmm. What brings you joy, and like, what gives you purpose? And it doesn't have to be. Exactly. It doesn't even have to be lofty. Your no. purpose can be like to be a good partner to my significant other or to be a good mom or to be a good sibling. It could be as small as that. Yeah. And you could just be like, I dedicate myself yeah. to being a good teacher and serving yeah. the, the kids. And really yeah. like, it's that's not small. Yeah. You know, like that's true. people, I think our culture and society has conditioned us to think and this sounds like kind of extreme but that's the only way I can think of saying it conditioned us to think that that six-figure job Mm -hmm. or this house or this type of vacation that you take or this kind of lifestyle or this kind of like an income bracket tax bracket whatever (laughs) um is what is a great goal or you're great whatever but I would argue heavily against that because like it is much more difficult to be a really good friend mm-hmm. or be a really good mom yeah or be a really good partner spouse whatever because that takes a lot of sacrifice and selflessness and intentionality yes. and time yes and planning and I mean, my husband and I talk a lot about, like, our marriage is, like, a almost kind of like a business relationship. Mm-hmm. We divvy up the our life 
duties and chores mm-hmm. or whatever. So like we made the decision a while back that like, okay, I am CFO of the house, me, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to interrupt here to say that if you found any of these topics interesting or relatable, please hit pause right now to give the show a follow and a rating. Or if you know of a friend who needs to hear what's being shared here, please take two seconds to message them this episode. It'd mean the world to me to be able to expand the reach of who this podcast could potentially help. Because what was happening was we were like, oh, you know, we're going to check the budget together. We're going to do this. And then it was like, nobody did jack shit (laughs) so it's like okay one person needs to be in charge of this one person needs to say hey we can't afford that this month or hey we should save money for a new fridge or whatever i don't know that's just the one thing i really want right now is a new fridge (laughs) and the really nice fridge that i want it's nothing crazy i just want a new fridge yeah but that that's the hard stuff like it is in perspective, yeah, and this is like maybe a hot take. I don't know. It is easy to climb the corporate ladder. It's easy to hold down a good job. I think because it's there's a formula difficult. to it. I, of course there is. <laughs> yeah. If you're smart and you know how to work hard, it's like it doesn't take that much. Again, in perspective, it's not that it itself is not difficult, right. the job or whatever, or the business, like, let me tell you, it's hard as shit, yeah. but the really hard stuff, it's like everything else, right? 100%. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do feel like social life, your social life can in itself be a project. Oh, like, yeah. It, because it's like the scheduling of things is like the logistics of yeah. <laughs> like when, where, who, how. Yeah. yeah. It's it's absolutely crazy. So for you, you and your partner, like how has that impacted you guys? Like with this kind of stuff that we're talking about? Um, in terms of like how, I don't quite understand. Just like the, the value it's put on y'all's relationship and and since you've had this shift of perspective post-college and you know like knowing that like this is a priority and things like that yeah that like okay like that um relationships friendships are so important um I think that how that has impacted like my I guess like my partnership with my significant other with my husband is primarily in the fact that like we treat this as yeah very intentionally Mm -hmm. like that we want to go in with this idea that we will continually choose to renew our marriage if that makes sense yeah that's like this is a partnership that's still working that we still want Mm -hmm. and that we still like support each other Mm -hmm. and like deeply care for each other um first and more First and foremost, as like best friend. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, big yeah, smile yeah. over here if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I love marriage. <laughs> I love marriage so much. We got married like a year, uh, year and a half after we graduated mm-hmm. from college. We met in school, small school in Arkansas, and totally opposite of what I expected uh, to marry. Like, like as in like personality or as in person as in everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> as in everything I thought I was going to have or was like 
oh, this is the type of guy I'm gonna marry someday. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, what was the what was the type that you were expecting? Yeah. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. I was. I think in my head I had some ambiguous like brown haired white guy that was like <laughs> really sweet and really funny and you know um, worked at a computer company or did I don't know something, something or was like you know did a, a marketing job I don't even know or and then I met Zach my husband and he was from a small town in Arkansas um, didn't even know if he was going to go to college Pay, like he worked his way through college himself pretty much um, he was a pastor for a while okay. and then he, like him and I are total opposites in personality <laughs> it's so funny yeah. <laughs> in personality and the way that we communicate and like God could not have put a funnier pair of people together <laughs> but it and we talk about this all the time because we've been through a lot of shit. Like, mm-hmm. we've been through so much together. Mm-hmm. We were best friends in college. He finally wisened up and was like, oh, she's amazing. I should date her. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. Where have you been? <laughs> and and it's just been, I think I now, in a weird way, I now see why some people opt out. Mm-hmm. of marriage or get married and say actually never mind and get divorced mm-hmm. because it's not easy it is much easier to be like oh, I don't want to deal with this really uncomfortable stuff or this problem or this argument that we're having or this you know conflict with family or other relationships or whatever Yeah, it's really easy to be like I don't want that I don't want to deal with it I'd rather not I deserve better blah 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 however you're thinking about right. it yeah. it's easy to be like actually never mind I'm, right. I'm out right but like it's been the best thing ever to yeah. work through things with someone who sees you more than you see yourself and like probably at times loves you more than you love yourself yeah. Like, right. hands down. Right, right, right. Especially since we had a baby and it postpartum, everything that women deal with postpartum. Yeah. <laughs> so wild. Um, anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How long have you guys been married? Um, I think now, like, about three years. Amazing. Yeah. Where did y'all meet? So, we met at work, actually. Nice. <laughs> I love it. So, T, an engineer, too? Yeah. Okay. And then, like, we were starting to hang out a lot, and everyone at work was like, are they dating? And no, we were just friends. But I was like, there's no point in, like, trying to combat the the rumors, you know? Because it's like, no one's going to believe you if you're hanging yeah. out all the time. And I'm like, why? Why do we have to be dating just because, like, we enjoy com- conversing? Like, yeah. You know? Just because I'm talking to another person. Yeah, like, that doesn't mean that there's anything romantic here. Yeah. But then eventually it became true. So, yeah. like, so they were all right. Yeah, so I was like, uh, I was like, Okay, good thing I never tried to fight the rumors to begin with. Um, so, so I want to know, how did you feel about like making friends mm. as an adult post-college? Because you went to school in Arkansas, and then mm-hmm. you moved back here mm-hmm. afterwards. Were most of your friends, did you have a lot of friends here from growing up in like McKinney? Or like, did they all move away? Or Yeah, that's pretty touch? much how it was. Like, everybody was pretty much gone. Or you just lose touch with, yeah. with whoever you grew up with. A lot of friends, like our closest friends were from college. We literally 
had a group of friends that we called the friends <laughs> and we made shirts and did like a color run together oh in Little Rock, Arkansas. Cute. And it's it was like about 20 of us, like mm. guys and girls and <laughs> half of us paired up and got married each other, like, <laughs> you know. And um, then after college, this is the thing people don't prepare you for. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm curious about your story, so I want to hear yeah. that in a second. But people don't prepare you for, if you're really close to people in college, like, get ready to have your heart broken because we're not all going to stay together. Yeah. You know, a lot of people stay in Arkansas. Then people went to, like, Chicago. Mm-hmm. China, France, wow. Texas, yeah. Louisiana, you know, and it's like, like one of our, one of the friends is getting married in the weekend of our conference, actually. So literally after our conference is over, we are driving to Arkansas. Oh my God. <laughs> but it's so important because we, I haven't seen her in, yeah. I can't, I actually don't know, like six years. Wow. Maybe. I think the last time we were kind of, quote unquote, all together was when one of our friends decided to be missionaries overseas and we kind of did a send off for them. Mm -hmm. So we all like literally wherever we were, we all drove or flew to Arkansas to send them off. Um, But now it's like they have four kids. I like we all have other little kids, like people are getting married, moving to Washington, like all this kind of stuff. And like that really sucked so yeah. moving back to Dallas my family was here which was like amazing yeah I had a couple friends here um but I was like basically starting over like we were brand new especially my husband like yeah he ain't nobody like he knew my family and that was it and like we had a couple of college friends that still lived in Dallas but as if you if you live in the DFW area, you know like it is very difficult to all get together. It's like, hey, you know, I live in Dallas too. Well, actually, oh, you live in Allen. That's forty five minutes away. Right. You know, yes. um, it's like it's not that close. Right. Um, so it was really tough. Um, we also had just experienced um, a lot of heartbreak and difficulty leaving a church that we were at mm-hmm. with a bad situation. And so moving here, we didn't move for good reasons. (laughs) We were already dealing with that. And I'm extroverted, and I also don't like to deal with conflict, and I don't like to deal with my emotions sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I went and started networking, and I (laughs) went to all this stuff. And that's what made me start Dallas Girl Gang. Yeah. And I started meeting really cool people, but some of the stuff I was going to was like, and I've said this on the news so I would say to anybody's face but it was a lot of white girls in their 20s like I was like this feels like a sorority right don't really want to be here even though I was a white girl in my 20s (laughs) (laughs) I I just was like I don't like this like this is not fun for me I feel judged I feel whatever like I'm not wearing the right thing whatever and so the, the cool people that I did meet that were kind of like we're all on the same level of like just wanting to be ourselves. Yeah. Uh, that's why I started Dallas Crogging, and I mean it was selfish. Like I, I yeah. wanted to find the friends, and and I think that's why, you know, even now, which is interesting. Like I have a lot of great friends, obviously from like yeah. starting this company, but there's a lot of great friends that like we do business together, we do work together, we mm-hmm. don't, you know, 
get to just hang out on the couch and watch movies and like right. the, the regular kind of friend stuff you think about. Yeah. So I really miss that, especially with like I have a kid now and yeah. I actually run two businesses now. Like it's crazy. And so like I do miss that, but it was that's how I just I decided to make friends, I guess. Um, yeah. Because I, I was teaching at the time and I didn't necessarily click with. All the teachers I was working with, they weren't really my jam. Yeah. Um, I've always been pretty introverted. And so that being said, in college, I didn't have like a huge group of friends or anything. I had like, mm-hmm. a bunch of like individual friendships. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just part of that introversion where I like don't feel comfortable in like large or sure. like, group situations where yeah. I'm just like, Absolutely. it's like, it feels safer to be able to have like one-on-one time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like throughout all of like my schooling up into college, mm-hmm. I had never really been that vulnerable with anyone because mm-hmm. I had built like walls really high around my heart. I don't know what caused this very like careful sort of yeah yeah and I think it might have been partially due to the fact that I always felt like such a weirdo like being Asian American like Mm. not having any specific you you felt like that you felt like a weirdo yeah like being Asian American but beyond that like not having any specific hobbies like I really love the arts but like Mm. I don't have a niche so I I don't call myself like a photographer or like a watercolor like artist or anything so like even within that realm and also I'm good at math and science like I'm good I'm good at a lot of things but I don't identify with any single thing if that makes sense Um, and so I think a combination of those two things made me feel so bizarre and alien that I was like I feel like no one could really understand me so because of that I applied I like I I, yeah I approached a lot of my friendships through this like let me listen to you but I'm not going to share anything so what ended up happening is like in the majority of my friendships in college everyone felt close to me because like I would be everyone yeah and then like no one knew anything about me and people would say things like I feel so close to you and I would be so confused because I'm like I don't feel close to you at all because why because I wasn't sharing anything right um so anyways fast forward we all graduate college um I kind of like go through my little phase of like okay well listening to society and what other people think success is graduating college did not (laughs) you know okay like wasn't that great um and all my friends were moving out of Dallas right and I was like oh man I remember asking all my friends are you worried about making friends in Austin in San Francisco in New York you know and most of my friends were like nope and I was like huh maybe I'm literally if that that just added to my alienation I was like I really am a little weirdo alien because like no one else is worried you know and I'm like the only one concerned and everyone moved away and then I think like what I ended up doing was like I also started going to like events and stuff because I was like how else am I going to meet friends so when did you graduate I graduated in 2015 like 20 yeah so um I started going to events like looking for Eventbrite Mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. um what else did I do I went to Facebook and I like looked up every person that was still in town you know from like middle school I don't know like yeah. college and I'm just like what else do you do yeah I'm like are you do you want to hang out and grab coffee like literally just giving everyone like a second chance you know because yeah. I'm like I was a different person in high yeah. school you know I was a different person in college and like I just want to yeah. know who you are now and if like we can vibe and I made so many 
remade so many friends doing that, okay. like re- like just reconnecting with old old friends. And then I went to I went to these like you know group fitness classes. Okay. I went to Ladies Wine and Design. They had a chapter um, here, and I noticed that in their particular like how they did their meetups and stuff were always small intimate groups. Okay. Like they capped it, um, and then they did like monthly events with like a speaker or something. Okay. And I felt really safe in that environment, and that mm-hmm. kind of gave me. The first sense of belonging in a community mm. and I was like oh this is nice I can be in a group and feel safe because again like my context was I've never had like groups of friends right. yeah so I remember like I was going rock climbing with them and some girl like called my name like from the back of the gym and was like we're over here like and I that just felt so nice you know yeah. just like having people remember your name and like inviting you slash including you like being like hey like come over here don't stand over there well i think it's like in our dna yeah like not i think i know it's in our dna yeah like we need to belong in a you know i mean i think of like a bajillion years ago like in a tribe we need to belong in a group a community of some kind yeah because I mean, quite literally, like, in the wild, you can't survive on your own. Like, you definitely could try and you could make it for a long time, but absolutely not. Like, everybody wants to be like, hey, shouldn't you were over here? And you're like, oh my gosh, those are my friends. You know, like, they care about me because they think I'm cool. You know, I think every person thinks that stuff. Right. No, and the thing is, like, while I was writing my book, How to Talk to Anyone for Introverts, I was doing some research, and there we actually have, like, skin, like sensors in our skin specific for human touch, yeah. which, like, is, like, yeah. crazy. That is crazy, where we are designed specifically to survive or uh, thrive, you know, mm-hmm. in the contact in the contact of, like, other human beings. So it's, like, yeah. yeah. It makes me think of, like, love languages. I'm definitely, like physical touch Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to like my husband and (laughs) sometimes he it just like dawns on him he's like oh you probably need a hug right now right and I'm like yeah (laughs) you know and uh it's really funny again we're very very different he's totally not physical touch like he can get very like overstimulated he's ADHD he forgets stuff like but he's very disciplined and very um, organized as a person, as a you know teacher now and yeah. whatever. But it's um, it's always interesting. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. One thing I was thinking about while you were talking is you thought you were like this weirdo. Right. But I think what actually happened is my theory. <laughs> I think you, you are the type of person that you are a good listener and you are, you make people feel safe. Yeah. And so I think other extroverts and probably introverts too were attracted to that because mm-hmm. everybody has this yin and yang. Like, yeah. you, you got to have someone that is not like you that yeah. you really fit well with. Yeah. And that was you for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I th- so I think that's part of what happened. And then they weren't worried about it because they were like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, I can make friends or, like, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. The, oh, I think the that, answer, that yeah. was it, too. You weren't the only person that felt like a weirdo. I definitely felt like a weirdo when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, and even in high school, um, 
I always thought I was like not even weird but just like an outsider like not cool not one of the cool girls I was in choir I was kind of a nerd like I you know you were not the only one that like went through that process in your mind of like oh well I don't fit here or I don't fit here and then there's just not a lot of good like support especially in like the public education system to like support that social emotional part of things I think it's getting better especially as I was a teacher and even what I hear now from education and from my husband like that side of things is improving. improving. Yeah. You know, just trickle by trickle, but right. um, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so how do you balance your work and life? Um, considering that you have two businesses, <laughs> a child, you know, a husband, so, yeah. and friends. Uh, and that. And friends yeah. and family. And uh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> People, I mean, I saw this, you said this is one of your questions you wanted to ask, and I was like, do I love getting this question? Because it's not what people think. I mean, I think a lot of people are more honest about it now, but um, I don't have pro tips. Mm. Like, I need the pro tips. Yeah, yeah. Someone give me pro tips. Right. Like, I need the veteran moms that have, like, three kids, and they're, you know, in high school and college, or they're empty nesters. I need their advice. Like... I am winging it out here. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have eight months of experience being a mom, and that's it. <laughs> so um, I think what I have learned in my eight months <laughs> is I have to get over myself and ask for help, mm. ask for all the help I need. Yeah. So we've got a babysitter. She comes a couple of days a week based on what we can afford. Yeah. And then... Like, I will brag on my husband until I die because he basically, well, he actually is. He's like an employee of the company, of Dallas Road, yeah. because, number one, he does run our Facebook group. Okay, nice. <laughs> If anybody, yeah. so, spoiler alert, that's mm-hmm. not me. Um, <laughs> but he takes our son whenever he's not at work, period. Mm-hmm. Because... We knew this was going to be really hard yeah. because I'm working full time from home with a baby. Right. A lot of people assume, oh, they're going to go to daycare. Oh, grandma can come over. Oh, whatever. And we have amazing help. Like, yeah. we have a great babysitter. My mom comes like once a week. They also live an hour away, right? Yeah. That's really hard here in the Metroplex. Right. Daycare and just childcare in general is astronomically expensive. Yes. It's like another mortgage yeah. and more yeah. or additional student loan payments, yeah. you know? Um, I'm not bitter that they're coming back next month. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, so basically whenever Zach is off work, he's on what my friend Patrice and I call daddy daycare. <laughs> he goes to daddy and I'm out. Yeah. I'm taking time for me. Yeah. I'm finishing my work. Um, if it's the weekend, I'm probably taking a nap and finishing some work. Yeah. I'm going in for a walk. I'm going to the gym. I'm doing a workout at home. I'm sitting in our room doing absolutely nothing, staring at the ceiling. Like, yeah. yeah, whatever you need. Whatever I need because I, and we have to micromanage our schedule. Excuse yeah. me. Because every hour of the day counts yeah. like literally every hour especially with you know running a business and and paying bills and and things yeah. like that and so it's like 
we adjust with each other based on priorities that week or like whatever's coming up. I let him know like, hey, I've got this going on. Like, and he's also in grad school. So oh my gosh. <laughs> he, he is a science teacher. He's the team lead. He has two mentors and or mentees under him for this uh, school year. And he's in grad school to be a principal. That's what he's going towards. And then I'm running two businesses. And, like, it is nuts. But yeah. we know this is also temporary. Mm-hmm. And, like, when my son does get older, like, he will eventually go to daycare. He will eventually do X, Y, Z. But, and, I, and I've had a lot of guilt about, like, working so much, mm-hmm. whatever. But then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? If he was at daycare, this is just my personal opinion. If he was at daycare, that's fine. But my husband put it this way. He was like, who does he see when he looks around the room during the day? Like, when he's next to you? And I'm like, oh, me. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so what's the problem? Like, he is with you all the He gets to be with you all the time. And you're not going to have that forever. Like, he's going to turn three and four and go to preschool. And then he's in kindergarten. Yeah. He's at school for eight hours a day. Like, you are not going to see him that much. And... So then I was like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> I got like yeah, sad. So I was like, okay, okay. But yeah, it's a, uh, there is no balance. It doesn't make sense. It's always a circus. And like, sometimes it's just literally like day by day. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, thanks for the honest answer. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. No to be real. Yeah. yeah. I did want to ask you the question, which I ask everyone, which mm-hmm. is how do you define a stranger? And at what point do they transition from being one to not being one? Mm-hmm. Um, my mom always said, which probably defines me as an extrovert, as we were talking about earlier, my mom always said that she was like, Amanda's never met a stranger. Like, so in my mind, sometimes I think like a stranger is just a friend you haven't made yet. Uh Sounds a little cheesy. I'm sure other people have said that before, but, um, so I think, yeah, I'm always curious about like people I see at a coffee shop or when I'm out and about, I'm like, I wonder what their story is. Or, I wonder what they're doing at this coffee shop today. Or, you know, I wonder what they do for work. And sometimes I am that person that just, like, goes and starts a conversation. (laughs) That's literally how I met one of the girls who um, has recently been on our team and done some work for us. Like, I interrupted her at a coffee shop, and I was like, excuse me, I heard you on that Zoom call, and you did a great job. Like, what's your name? Oh, my God. And like, now we're friends. And now we're friends. And I had my son, and she was like, he's so cute. And, you know, it goes from a stranger to to not or to a friend when you share something with them. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, we were talking about, like, you open up a little bit. Like, not your deepest, darkest secrets. Like, don't give it all away on the first date. But, like, you know, you share something about, like, yeah, eggs are so expensive. Or, you know, I get that, too. Or, like... Oh, we just had to, you know, I don't know. I was going to say something really sad. I'm not going to say that one. Did I just think that one? <laughs> Anyway, or like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been in a car wreck once, or I don't know. Right, just like, right, you know, right. stuff that you can identify with people on. Yeah. Um, what's your answer? Um, I'm sure you've shared I, it before. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like strangers are people that you can't feel, like, safe with. 
Yeah. <laughs> Stranger danger. Yes. Um, and the moment where it transitions is like when you start to build that. The vulnerability piece mm. helps a lot because it starts to create that like sense of safety, mm. whether it's like emotional safety or like intellectual safety. Like, oh, we can actually both talk about this topic because we're both nerds about X. Yeah. You know, like we're both mm-hmm. photography nerds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you start to feel that safety of like, I can be a geek about this with mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, we can both geek out about like our, the fight against adult loneliness, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's my personal answer. But I've, I've definitely, I have heard the strangers or friends that or that you haven't met yet mm-hmm. but the this was I think from episode two my friend Artie he said that he said that he was like he used to think that way mm-hmm. and then he said that like then he grew up and like realized stranger danger yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to teach my son that like they're just friends you haven't met yet no that guy is creepy and we are going to stay away from him you know yeah. um, come on baby let's go um, but yeah that's so yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to like cover or like? No, I'm just it? glad that I've finally met you, and I think like we're both doing really um, meaningful things yeah. in this community. And if you don't see the impact that you're making, like just know like it is making an impact. Like because and it took me a while to like voice what I was trying to say or what I was thinking. But yeah. you know, for the longest time, I was like, you know, women just want friends like you know in in our community in our company like people just want to be seen yes and to be known right right like you're saying like hey we're over here like everybody wants that moment or everybody wants the moment of like oh you too yeah oh thank god it's not just me or right whatever it might be about and you know i think i actually recorded a video about this yesterday like our 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 country the world whatever we still are going through quite a massive epidemic if I can call it that of loneliness yes and it's an easy fix yeah in my opinion and so like why not us why not you why not me you know being able to show people opportunities and safe spaces right 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 Yeah. yeah Thank you so yeah. much. I actually knew about D- Dallas Girl Gang for like years. Yeah. Um, and so I think like it's so it's so interesting to be here talking to you because I knew it for, about it for years. And then I think earlier this year I said to myself, my next steps in life is to try public speaking. Why? Just because, just, just mm-hmm. to try it. I don't know because I really believe growth is on the other side of fear. Yeah. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like. There, I have a lot of fear in terms of like presenting mm. um, and being judged, obviously. <laughs> um, but I was like, that's my next step. I need to. And then I was like, I don't even know how to get speaking gigs. Like literally, I just don't know where to start. And then I saw you put out like, oh, we're looking for speakers. Yeah. And I remember filling out the application, being like, I'm just taking my next steps, yeah. like in towards like public speaking. And for listeners' context. Amanda is hosting a Boss Vision conference at the end of October mm-hmm. uh, here in Dallas, and this, this is the speaking thing. <laughs> yeah, I, like, Coming to life. <laughs> yeah, so then I like applied, and I was like, yeah, like, just LOL, like, probably nothing's going to come out of this. You know, like, I just, <laughs> LOL. I, I just need to, like, 
practice applying, yeah. you know, for speaking gigs, and this is an opportunity. Yeah. And then I remember like seeing your email, I guess maybe a month or two later, and it was like the third time you had tried contacting me, and you were like, "Hello, just following up." Like, and I thought like maybe email friend, and I was like, "Oh shoot, how did you know?" Because I'm like, "Yes, yes, I want to." Well, and also for context for people listening, like this year, like just to be totally transparent, we got like 200 applications. Oh my for god! Just, just for this year, we always get like a decent amount. Yeah. Um, I think everyone is leveraging the power of speaking out public in live events. Yeah. Which I think is absolutely amazing as a business owner with a brand, whatever. Um, but you. And I had seen your brand around a little oh, bit. Right. Okay. And so That's and so when I it popped up, I was like, hold on, research, research, like scroll and creep on you and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, well, she like aligns with us so much and I really want your perspective. And so that's why I, my brain is a lot of mush right now, <laughs> but that's why we have you on our um, community and connection panel of yeah. talking about some of these things. Right. Um, because, like, who else who <laughs> better than, like, someone who's also, like, bringing people together, um, which is no easy feat, so. Thank you so much. And thank you for, like, offering to meet up in person yeah. and do the podcast. Absolutely. I appreciate you yeah, so much. <laughs> So I hope we didn't blow off your ears too much with our laughing. If you're a girl boss in Dallas, consider hanging out with Amanda and all the other wonderful women in the Dallas Girl Gang community at Boss Mission Conference on the last weekend of October. If you're interested, I'll link the website for tickets in the description. And I also have a 15% discount code for entry. Just use Don't Be Strangers at checkout. And of course, you can find Amanda, Dallas Girl Gang, and Boss Vision Con all on Instagram. Start with Dallas Girl Gang and you should probably be able to find all the other pages. Some exciting news I want to share is that the details of our Healing Girl Spring Break Retreat in March of 2024 is all set. My friend Molly and I have been wanting to try hosting a retreat for a while, and when we found out that it was a mutual desire, we decided to team up to make one happen. There will only be five spots available for a group total of seven women, including Molly and I. It's taking place in Puerto Vallarta in Mexico in the last week of March, and like the title suggests, we'll focus on restoring activities. If you're intrigued, we're taking applications starting now and you can find all that linked in the description. I am as always super nervous as such as life when trying new things and trust me as a student of life I'm constantly trying new things but I'd love to have you there. Speaking of new things, I finally set up my Etsy shop for selling our Don't Be Strangers conversation and affirmation cards. If you live in Dallas, you know we do monthly conversation game nights where I pull questions from the podcast and I put them on digital cards where you can converse about deep topics with strangers in a safe space. I've piloted this game idea in places like Austin, Barcelona, and New Jersey. And if you want to make this happen in your hometown, you can now buy physical printed cards and we can collaborate on making it an event. Or you can just play it at home with a few friends or just by yourself um, as journal prompts too, of course. I actually have a friend of the community in Vancouver who's trying to make it happen over there. And I'm going to Austin next month to bring this 
idea in, back into town. So I'm very, very excited. I designed these cards myself and each deck of 50 cards are double-sided, basically one side with a conversation or journal prompt topic and a back with a daily affirmation. Last but not least, lately everyone has been asking me, how can I help you? And if you haven't already subscribed to and rated this podcast, you can start with that. I'm also still on a journey to 100 Amazon reviews for my book, How to Talk to Anyone for Introverts. I'm now officially at 26. Obviously, you can buy a copy to support on Amazon. If you like a free PDF version in exchange for an honest review, you know where to find the details. If you've read the book but haven't left a review on Amazon, that would help me so much if you could write something. Even if it's just to like leave some stars, it doesn't. It could just be like a sentence. And of course, if you've done all of the above, I really thought through this and I think that it would help me so much if you could be my marketing team. And when I say that, it doesn't have to be anything super serious or committed. Um, as you can guess, I'm an introvert at heart and marketing has been very difficult for me. But if you live on Instagram and you wouldn't mind like posting stories or posts and tagging Don't Be Strangers, having people who can constantly help with creating user-generated uh, user content, um, just things to help like shout out Don't Be Strangers that I can easily reshare would take a lot of stress off my mind from having to constantly create content myself. And that's all I've got. My theme for October is leisure because I got very stressed out last month with the book launch and community birthday party. So I want to bring the focus back to myself. What are you thinking about lately? What do you want to focus on? Write to me on Instagram at Don't Be Strangers or via our website, don'tbestrangers.club. And as always, don't be a stranger.